Hello, and welcome to the WWIA podcast. We're honored to have you join us in our mission to bring honor, connection, and healing to America's combat-wounded Purple Heart heroes. If this is your first time listening to this podcast, we welcome you. If you're a returning listener, thanks for coming back. Please be sure to tell others about our podcast and leave us a review if you're enjoying what you're hearing. On today's episode of the WWIA podcast, WWIA founder and CEO John McDaniel spends some time talking with two incredible American patriots, Dennis Reynolds and Shelley Cohen. Dennis and Shelley have been tremendous supporters of the foundation, hosting three different WWIA events annually at their beautiful Double Creek Lodge in Tennessee. They currently host a turkey hunt in the spring, followed by an archery deer hunt and rifle deer hunt in the fall. This year will mark a decade of Dennis and Shelley proudly serving and honoring our Purple Heart heroes, and we couldn't be more grateful for their outstanding efforts and dedication. We hope you enjoy getting to know Dennis and Shelley, and we appreciate them taking time out to share some of their stories and experiences with us. Without further ado, let's join John, Dennis, and Shelley now. Hi, I'm John McDaniel, founder and CEO of the Wounded Warriors in Action Foundation, and this is our podcast, Honor, Connect, and Heal. Today, I have with me the the privilege of having with me two of uh, some of my favorite Americans, all right, and they are what I would refer to as super hosts. And uh, so we'll get into what a super host is, but with me, I have Dennis and Shelly, and you both hail from a wonderful place called Hohenwald, Tennessee. So, uh, Dennis Reynolds and, and Shelly Cohen, welcome to the program, and how are you? Thanks for having us, John. We're great. Glad to be here. Thank you, John. Yes. Well, for, for those that are listening, I can see their bright, shiny faces, but, <laughs> but you can't, so uh, I have that luxury, but... I think mostly uh, I, you know, I feel very blessed on behalf of the foundation, um, you know, to, to, to have you in our lives and, and you've been very faithful and, and very wonderful and accomplished hosts um, because in 10 years, you started in 2013, it's 2023. And in 10 years, you've hosted a total of 24 events. Can you believe That's that? incredible. Incredible yeah. to think of that. It is. It is. And so if you did the quick, you know, fuzzy math and just said, okay, there, you know, on average, you know, there's, you know, five, four to five heroes on your event. You've touched over a hundred lives personally in that. And combat wounded Purple Heart recipients, you've touched at least a hundred hundred of them in their lives. And that's got to feel, I would think that feels pretty good. It does, but more importantly, they've touched our lives back over a tenfold. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah would you say, Dennis? Oh, yeah. Yeah. For everyone that we may have touched, they've touched both of us back, and all the volunteers that help support each and every event have been touched by this. Yeah, it's it's you know I used to call it, we used to refer to it as the magic, you know, and um, it's just a very broad term for describing something that's you know, really good and, and hard to like magic, hard to really understand, you know, what's happening, but, and there's a lot of layers and I want to get into those layers, you know, of, of, of what makes this a special thing, not just for the heroes, 
but for the hosts. And today, you know, this is an opportunity to shine the spotlight on, on you two and your wonderful community and what you do. You, you, you hail your, your place, you know, you, you call it, you know, hunts for Purple Heart recipients there in Hohenwald, Tennessee, which is southwest of, of Nashville. But that's that's your place. You have a beautiful place up there. You for ten years, you we've been delivering combat wounded Purple Heart recipients to your beautiful um, facility there. So if you don't mind, just tell us a little bit about that amazing property. I've been on it. I was blown away. You know, literally, I was like, wow. I mean, just the drive up to your place. And and for those that don't know. You probably know this, but Hohenwald is German for high forest, you know? And so you guys are in a high forest. And and so tell us about your property. Well, it, we truly are immersed in the middle of the woods, as Dennis will tell people. We live in a log home um, on about 106 acres, surrounded by hundreds of acres um, of land that is owned by different paper companies. It's basically forestry um, that's mm. out there. Um, so it's very serene. Um, and the back of the property runs two creeks that come together at a point. Mm. And that's how Dennis came up with the name of the property, uh, Double Creek. Double um, Creek. Right. Yes, I see that on all the things, all, all the thank yous and things that I sign. I sign, and of course, our uh, you know uh, our operations orders that we issue in support of your activities all say Double Creek. So yeah, that's um, that's a that's a that's a word that certainly resonates with me. So that's I didn't know that's where that came from. But you can sit on your porch and look down as the terrain slopes down towards a a creek, which I think. During the, depending on the you know on 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 the conditions that 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 thing can every it can be anything from a small creek to a to a raging torrent right <laughs> sort <both>. of <laughs> if had both we have, yes we have yeah, one you, we have one very memorable picture that I happen to catch off the porch one of the heroes sitting um, on a rock facing the creek at the very top of that hill John. Mm-hmm. Um, and just sitting there for, I don't know, maybe an hour or longer contemplating. And since that time, we've put a permanent bench there because mm-hmm. we didn't realize how much that had become a type a place of reflection for yes. um, a lot of the heroes. We'll spot them once they're comfortable in the surroundings. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll spot them off and on just sitting out there by themselves, sometimes one or two of them together, uh, just sitting there reflecting. Uh, for quite a period of time. So I, I think the, the that view that you described, you know, of the creek mm-hmm. became more important than we realized it was going to be for the heroes that come. Wouldn't you say, Dennis? Oh, yeah, you never know what you're going to see for wildlife there. Well, we've seen about everything. Uh, we've had things on our property that the state says don't exist in Tennessee, like a panther. I've seen two. Mm. Wow. <laughs> um and uh, like yesterday, Shelly uh, took a picture of, uh, she thought it was two turkeys, but it was two turkey buzzards <laughs> out back. And she said, are our cats in danger? And I said, no, I think they're going to be okay. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, the preface to the property that you described, John, remember, is a mile long driveway. And yes. 
it's interesting when Dennis picks the heroes up at the airport and they're coming or they're driving on their own coming down that mile long driveway, it kind of sets the stage for yes. the mental space that they're about to go into. Uh, that's going to be part of the events, the hunt. Mm -hmm. And so we hear from them, you know, Dennis does it, especially when he's coming down the drive with the, everybody in the uh, car or the truck, that they just are already immersed in this solitary environment. And I think that's part of the um, conduciveness to healing is that yeah. they begin the journey coming through this isolation that kind of takes everything else away from their outside world is kind of off to the side. Well, especially because they don't have cell phone service coming down the drive. But that all sets the stage, mandatory, you know, for yeah. that property to talk about. Yeah. Well, you know, I, you mentioned a couple of things that are really important. Um, you know, the the creek or the, you know, the river, the the waterway. You know, that's a really important piece to the property, to all property, because water is life, right? I mean, we can't have life without water. So that's a metaphorically an important piece. And the fact that it's always moving, you know, and, and, and some things in a river sometimes will get a little hung up. But also with that, over time, whatever's hung up, say it's a leaf, you know, it gets hung up as it's journeying down this, this creek, you know, even that eventually will pass, you know. And so... Uh, I think water and, and rivers in particular and cricks are, are super important, especially the sound that they make, right? right. To yeah. be there and listen. Like often you can put on a, a bubbling brook or something if you might have trouble going to sleep. But just the tranquility and the sound of running water, you know, is super important. And, and, and also this idea of stillness in nature. Even though it's not static, it's always in flux and it's always moving, but it seems to be this really important, especially, you know, at your place, um, you know, at your lodge, your home, um, you know, there's a certain stillness that goes along with it. You're looking at each other. Did I say something funny or what? <laughs> no, you're talking about stillness and underneath our legs, we're in a conference center helping you do mm -hmm. the podcast. Somebody's mm -hmm. dog got loose. A little, white, a little teeny white dog coming between is my legs. Perfect. So, we have a third guest. There you yeah. go. So truly, Excellent. nature is not static. That's sure. right. It never has. No, and it never has been. It never will be. But there's a, you know, really, it's the centerpiece to, you know, to what we do. It's, I always used to refer to it as the attractor, you know. And so to to to, to pull the green curtain back a little bit, you know, I, I used to, I did a lot of theory, uh, uh, you know, research and study in, in chaos theory. This is not the topic of the podcast, but I did it. And, and I was fascinated by uh, this theory of chaos. And, um, but, you know, the, the, this idea of, you know, the dynamic nature of, of you know, uh, uh, of chaos and, and out of chaos coming, you know, um, some, some bits or pieces that you can gravitate towards that end up yielding meaning in a space that's really chaotic and, and, and dynamic. And the funny or interesting thing about our space is a lot of these, you know, men and women, um, you know, come to us in, in a state of, of internal chaos. And, you know, hopefully, you know, time heals all wounds but as we get further away from the point where they were wounded, 
and and their 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 you know the things that they had to witness and participate in the horrific things often that they had to go through in combat going to a place where there that chaos okay but going that chaos stays with you you know traumatic you're a healer Shelley we'll get to that in a minute you know in your professional life but you're also a healer you know in your volunteer life and in this important space with these combat wounded veterans but to go from a place of of of, of chaos to you know stillness and healing you know in an in, a, in, a, in an environment that they're not maybe not wholly comfortable with because there's a little bit of anxiety associated with going there wherever there is we have 50 events 35 different states you know etc but you know there's some anxiety associated with uncertainty right and so this idea of you know hey i'm getting on a plane right i'm coming from my hometown i've got all this chaos in my life and in my past and then i'm going to get on a plane and go someplace and meet some people that i don't know who are going to open their home and 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 you know that alone the uncertainty of that alone um, is is a, can be a little daunting, but then that drive up to your you know that mile drive up into the high forest in Hohenwald to find your homestead in this beautiful place, you know I think probably as soon as they open that door and get out, it's got to hit them, right? It's got to it's got it's got to hit them that you know this is a safe place, this is a place where there's stillness, this is a place where healing can be found. And and to meet you two wonderful people, you know, it's just it's just great. What you're doing is just awesome. And I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for what you guys are doing. But I want to hear and we want to hear from you. Like, you know, what is this doing for you? You know, what what when you when this is all said and done and they leave and you had a chance to process you've had twenty four events, it's crazy to me that you've in 10 years, you've done 24 events. But what's happening inside of you two after everybody leaves and you've had a chance to reflect on what you've done? Well, it, it's a really good check question. And I'd have to start with one of the dogs we've had for a long time. Her name was Ginger, and she died about two years ago. She was a big part of the event. And when the heroes would leave, she would sit by the window waiting for them to come back for what a good part of the day. I mean, she was so remorseful, uh, just so sad uh, when they would leave because it was so easy to form a bond with them and back to her. But then I would be tearing up when they would leave because it's amazing how quickly you can, um, you can have a superficial friendship Mm-hmm. But when you're connecting with people like you talked about, the chaos that have mm-hmm. gone through so much turmoil that are continuing to endure so many medical and mental health issues from injuries that happened maybe 10 plus years ago, mm-hmm. it's a whole nother level of a friendship. And it's amazing how quickly you can feel a true friendship bondage in just a weekend. Um, yeah. It's absolutely amazing that you can do that. So when the guys are and the gals are heading out, I'm back at the house tearful. Dennis is taking them back to the airport and he'll call me when he's done a safe delivery of getting, trying to get everybody home. I mean, he'll call me and we're just like back and forth on the phone going, I, Oh, remember this one and remember that one. And Oh man, I wish, you know, should we have them come back again? 
<laughs> so what do you right. think, Dennis? Yeah, you know, I, I was shocked when you said we've uh, had 24 events. But yeah. I can honestly tell you we've had 24 perfect events. We've never had a bad event. We've never had a bad experience. But I, oh. I remember particularly one young man who came out of Clarksville. He drove uh, Clarksville, Tennessee, and he drove to our location. It was about a three-hour drive. And when he got to the house, he got out of the truck, and he was walking down. And he was, I don't know how, he was suffering from what he had experienced in the military, and he hadn't been able to deal with it. And for uh, hours, he would just sit with his arms crossed and his head down. And um, a few hours later, another young man showed up. And the two of them started talking. And it was amazing. If you saw that young man on day one and you saw him on day three, you'd say, that's not the same guy. Those two guys bonded and were able to take and help each other out because they understood what each other had gone through, where the guy that I had first met didn't have anybody to talk to, didn't have anybody to unload on, didn't have anybody that understood how he was hurting, and this young man did. And what was amazing, John, was they both came from Clarksville, and they didn't know each other. And when they left, they were best friends, and I'll bet you they're still best friends, and they connected and they communicate with each other today. I bet. I'll bet. So, so when you say Clarksville, I I assume that they both came out of the 101st Airborne. Yeah, down right? at Fort that, Camp, from yeah. Fort Campbell. Area. Campbell, that's yeah. correct. Yeah, that's correct. Okay, great. Yeah, and that makes a lot of sense because they probably you know both had in common the fact that they were at the you know with the 101st and their combat. Uh, deployments were probably, you know, similar. Um, well, that's great. Yeah. So honor, connect, and heal. And the connect piece um, is really important because there's a lot of, I usually got, you know, connective tissue, right? If you look at the, if you look at the human body as an organization, like just think about how much connective tissue there is there, right? I mean, and you're, you're in the medical field. I mean, like it, you couldn't probably measure that, right? Right. But this idea of the foundation and, and this connective tissue, you know, one of the huge touch points, if you will, or, 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 or you know, the connections that's ultimately, uh, you know, perseveres here in this space is the connections between the combat wounded because they share in common similar experiences, similar challenges, and that's just not in life, but in their combat activities and then their recovery. So that's really important because... Um, you know, if you have those kinds of experiences, which they all do in varying degrees, um, you know, hey, they have got an opportunity on these events to connect with three or four others who have similar challenges. And that's really important. It's super important because they, 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 this, you know, hey, I'm not a combat wounded guy. Been there, done that, but I thank God didn't get wounded. And and um, you know, so it's it's something that that I see, okay, and I'm very much aware of. Um, it, you know, the, the that that important connection, and obviously, you know, have seen it for for 17 you know years now in this space, 
And I hold it sacred. I genuinely do. You know, getting them together amongst a council of their peers in a safe environment is huge. You know, and and um, so it takes a little while. If you look at groups, you know, and this idea of storming, norming, forming, you know, et cetera, that if, if you put that on a bell-shaped curve or a timeline, you would see, I think, in this space that 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 what's happening in in the norming phase, you know, and all that leads up to this, uh, you know, normalcy, in, in, you know, an equilibrium among the group, in the groups, that happens very rapidly in our space, typically, typically, generally, normally, usually, because of all the things that they share in common. They can go, you know, right to a space and begin to to, to form meaningful bonds and share, you know, stories and 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 connect on that very intimate level. So that's a that's a phenomenon, if you ask me. That's really important to this space. But superimposed on top of that, this other really really important layer, and there's a bunch of them. You know, is this idea of people like you that they don't know, that are opening their homes to honor what they did. Like, think how powerful that is. And compare that to what was happening 30 and 40 years ago, you know, after Vietnam. We, you know, right? So it's so different today. And, and for you to do that sends a psychological message, in my opinion, okay? It, and it might not even register with them, like, cognitively, but I think on some level it's got to that these are people in America, in the America that I went to war for, that are, that are welcoming me home, welcoming me home in a way that's important to them, that honors and respects what I did. And it validates, I think, it validates um, why they raised their right hand, put on a uniform, and went someplace to go to war. I don't know if that makes sense to you, but I, absolutely, I, yeah, absolutely, sure. absolutely. And you know, we at the end of the conclusion of every event, one of the common things we hear for feedback from the heroes as they're packing up and getting mm-hmm. ready to go back home is they'll say, "I can't believe you opened up your home. I feel like family." And when we look at the written uh, testimonials from a lot of the participants, um, that's a common thread and a common theme that we see too, that, you know, mm-hmm. um, I felt like your family. And, and that's truly what we want. We want them to know how much, you know, um, is appreciated. You know, a lot of people say, um, well, what can we do to, to thank, you know, our veterans or people who are serving? And I say, thank you, but it's not enough. And people need to see examples of things you can do in your community. Um, to do more than simply saying thank you to somebody. Yeah, and you guys have tapped you tapped that vein. You know, Hohenwald. I looked it up. Is a is, and this is from 2010 census data. As a population back then, it's probably, I presume, growing a little bit. But thir- you're looking at 3,700 people and some change. <laughs> you know, so this is a rural, by all means, right? This is a rural community. We're up to and- 12,000. <laughs> oh wow! So you've twelve thousand in ten in ten years. Yeah. You tripled, quadru- yeah. or quadrupled. Wow, yeah. that's okay. Excellent, excellent. Tri- tripled, I guess. But yeah, well, that's wonderful. That's what that, that's wonderful. And and so well, that means it's a gro- it's a growing concern, and and that and that's that's really good. 
I think more people need to, you know, re- return to, to nature. You know, I think there's so much healing in that space. You know, um, when we talked about that at the, the, you know, at the beginning of the program. Um, but so let me just ask you to tell us a little bit more about yourselves. Okay. So let's let ladies go first. Uh, I, I will, I will, <laughs> let me, I don't know, let me, let me, let me, let me serve up, serve a beach ball up to you so you can spike it here, Shelly. Um, you're a healer, all right? You, you are, you're, you're, uh, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm going to let you tell the story because I, we really want to hear it, but you are a bonafide healer. And one of the things you said on camera when we had, you, do you remember, uh, the Honor Connect Heal video we did? It's on YouTube for those that haven't seen it. It won an uh, international, it won an international tele award. So it's a very you know, high quality piece. Just go onto YouTube and, and search Honor Connect Heal. WWIA and it'll pop up. There's two versions. Watch the long version. Put it on, you know, with Dolby surround sound and gra- gra- grab a refreshing beverage and listen. But during during that during that, it's a 15 minute bit. It's a short film. Um, but anyway, um, in there, you 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 two are, are featured. And and at some at some point in that video, it never leaves me. You talk about the 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 table as a metaphor you know, to healing. It's so brilliant and it's so true and it's so wonderful. So talk, talk to us, Shelly, a little bit about, you know, who you are, you know, your professional life. And, and, and I call you a healer cause I, I know you are. Um, but, but just tell us about, tell us about, you know, what you do in your healing ways is so powerful. I appreciate that, John. So um, I'm going into my 47th year as a nurse. I practice in emergency nursing. I'm certified in emergency nursing. But I do a lot of teaching uh, internationally in things like triage and emergency nursing and have done a lot of publishing um, and offering and been thrilled to go to all these ERs across the country. I've been to several military hospitals also to do teaching, which has been such a privilege, along with going to some Native American reservations as well. So I've gotten to really experience lots of different cultures and different ways, um, you know, that people uh, serve their communities. But there's always the same, you know, uh, same theme. And you talked about it. It's chaos. So, you know, working in the emergency room, we live in chaos every day, and it is that unknown element that draws wacko people like myself to do I know. It. God bless you because you are a minority. I can tell you, I couldn't do it. There's no way I could do it. I mean, you deal in chaos and uncertainty and trauma on a daily basis. And, you know, for some of us, we're addicted to it. And that's why I'm still doing it almost 50 years into it. But with with that said, um, Dennis and I have been together for over 30 years. Um, So I got introduced to the great outdoors, not as a child. I mean, Mm. I was a baton twirler. So in high school, (laughs) I did not know how to hook a line to fish or anything. I didn't know you could kill a deer. I had none of that. Um, but, you know, going through adult life and hooking up with Dennis, who I call Davy Crockett, I had to learn very quickly about the the world of nature and all mm-hmm. of that. Um, but, you know, I, I have to say that um, the experiences in emergency nursing have really prepped me 
for serving WWIA. I mean, where else can you have a stranger come in your house and drop drawer to show you their scars and their current wounds that they're still attending to? I mean, it really creates. How about that? How about that? But it really creates this other level, you know, of trust because people, you know, we're the most trusted profession in America is nursing. And so I really do think that having that background has really helped um, establish very quick relationships uh, and feelings Mm -hmm. of trust, especially when we've had heroes come with significant current medical issues, um, you know, that need some attention. So it's come in pretty handy um, having somebody, you know, there that is a nurse. And I will say the folks that I work with at Williamson Medical Center ER are where some of our volunteers come from. Our volunteer guides come from there, the people that Mm. send me their grocery cards to pay for groceries, um, Mm. or they do some of the baking and cooking. Um, It's a whole community, really, you know, of emergency people that help to pull these events off. Wow. So, Dennis, I'm going to let you fill in about yourself, a.k.a. Davy Crockett. Davy Crockett, let's hear it. I I was blessed to grow up in a home where both my dad and mom were avid hunters and fishermen. And it was nothing. I remember when I was in grade school, uh, walking home from school and meeting my mother coming down our street, which was a dead end street, carrying four gray squirrels and a shotgun. Uh, not it. very many people have a mom that does <laughs> does that, but she was very special. Um, I grew up. Uh, I grew up in the graphic industry, a graphic art industry, and printing. Mm. And uh, I grew up in Vermont. And um, I had owned my own printing company before we left Vermont and moved out here to Tennessee. And um, I picked up kind of where I left out, not not owning, but uh, back in the graphic arts industry again. And um, in 97, Shelly started her business. And um, and I think it was 2002, I was the plant manager of a commercial printing company. And Shelly said to me one one night, she says, you've got to retire you got to come home. I need your help. I can't keep up with what's going on in the office. So um, I gave them a notice and retired from a 45-hour-a-week job and a paycheck to a 65-hour-a-week job and no paycheck. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, that's a you guys have a great story. You really do. What a, what a, great, what a great team you make. It's uh well, I, we appreciate you sharing that with us. It's uh, it's really great to 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 find little tidbits that I didn't know about you. And one of them is the you know the the fact that you, Dennis, you're from originally hail from Vermont, and um, you know we've got some very close friends of the foundation up in Bennington. That's right. And yeah, and they're 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 moving to guess where? Tennessee. That's right. Really? Yes. yes they have a house not far from you, and and you. Uh, you know, I, I can promise you that you and the Davenports are going to go back like car seats. Okay. Oh my gosh. Because they're, they're not far from you. Okay. Well, you need to send me their contact information so I can connect with them. I will definitely do that as soon as we get off, uh, off the podcast. Cause, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're absolutely, uh, amazing people. Mike and Debbie Davenport, they, they run our Vermont chapter and they, they got a house up in the hills there in Vermont outside of Bennington. And then they just bought a place not far from you in, in, you know, in Tennessee, which 
I'm just making this connection now. And the beauty of the foundation is, you know, there's just all these thousand points of light that are just connected, you know, somehow, some way. And, um, yeah, so that's going to be good for, for everybody to get you guys together. Cause you're, you know, I mean, you're absolutely two of the most dynamic duos that I know. And, and you're going to be in plo- close proximity to each other. It's like, you know, two of these, you know, they talk about these black holes out there that are, you know, combined, you know, and you get this super black hole. Well, that's, yeah, yeah. you know, with all this energy coming out of it, you know, I mean, uh, it's going to be great. Strap, you better strap in, John, then. I am. I am. I'm getting my safety restraint belt on now. Um, yeah, so it's it's really, it's really really great, uh, you know, w- w- what's happening. I, I want to, because you guys do turkey hunts, you do archery, you do muzzle loading events. You know, you're you're hunting deer and turkeys, and 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 with various different uh, you know methods, and uh, you know it's just got to be a a you know the, the you're heavy in the spring, and then you're heavy in the fall, right? I mean, these are the these are the seasons that are on for you, um, you know, up there, at, at, you know, at Double Creek, right? So those there's probably and there's a I don't want to call it a farm, you know, but you have horses too, right? Yes. So yes. all this acreage, all these, you know, all these things happening, you know, what that's a that's a paradise if you ask me. I mean, it's just a, I mean, the critters are everywhere. What a what a wonderful thing that you're that you're doing. You must be, you must be at peace with a, a lot of things in your space, and that's important, right? Well, it, it is, and you know, I tell people, and Dennis and I say this to each other all the time. We're so blessed to be there. When we went to look at that property because at that time I was flying several times a month to go out and teach. Um, Mm. It's a two-hour drive each way to Nashville Airport. And, you know, when we bought that property, we really had to make the decision, is that worth sacrificing all that time on the road? And we said, absolutely. And we've never once regretted making the decision Mm -hmm. to, you know, to move to that property. but we do, we say we're blessed all the time and we sit out and look over that back porch and I just pinched myself. We've been there, what, 22 years? Uh, 21 years. 21 years. I still can't believe we own that. And I go to bed yeah. at night and look up all the logs inside the house and I think how lucky I am to be in mm. a log home in the woods with a neighbor four miles away. I mean, for some people that might be terrifying, for us it's the most peaceful and grateful mm-hmm. thing that we could ever have. And and we've been able to share that. That's, to me, the most important thing. Mm-hmm. It's one thing to have something you're grateful for, but to be able to share it, yeah. that takes things to a whole nother level. That is what makes life worth living. Yeah, I I agree 100% with that. And that's uh, that's what they call the good stuff. Uh, if you can t- If you can share something that's very meaningful and impactful uh in your life and 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 share it with others you know all kinds of goodness is 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 bound to happen and and certainly is happening in in the space that you've created and each each you know we you know I've always I've always allowed you know the hosts wonderful people like you uh you know to kind of do your own thing i mean that's your that's your thing up there and um and so you 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 are always obviously on Facebook as you guys are getting ready for your events and all these beautiful things you're cooking and uh, the meals you're preparing and um, I just 
you know, it has, it does have a, a really, uh, you know, the best word I can come up with is a, a home or homey effect. You know, this idea of uh, coming home. And every time I watch your stuff or see your stuff and what you're doing, I feel the same thing. I feel, I feel like there's a sense of, of, of home there. And, and the log cabin is warm. You know, it's made of wood. And there's this stream coming through. And there's a mile, you know, this anticipation of going up the mountain a mile to get to this place. You know, it's really, really magical. And, and um, you know, you guys selected a great, a great place. So I'm going to ask you, okay, um, and this time we'll we'll start with 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 Dennis. I mean, I know you shared the one story, Shelley, uh, about you know the the individual that you know that uh, you know found a little quiet place there. Um, but Dennis, it, you know, if you had to you know put your finger on uh, other than the 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 Sherry the story you shared with us earlier, you know, if you had just to put your finger on one event or one. Uh, one instant, you know, instance within event, one one snapshot in time, where uh, it for you became uh, like an aha moment, like this service that I'm doing is is helping me, you know, uh, or really resonated with you. Something that you know, when you look back on all, all the 24 events, you know, is there something, one space, one one point in time that really resonates? you know, with you? There was a one time that I'll have to bring Shelly in on this because she can uh, finish it better than I can. There was a, a gentleman who had fought in the uh, um, Vietnam and uh, an older gentleman. And uh, I happened to be short one guide and I went out with him and um spent the day in a, in a ladder stand and uh, just listening to the various stories that he told about his life and stuff. Uh, um, it was just moving, but there was a, a and he was our first Vietnam uh, soldier to come to the mm-hmm. events, but we had an issue when he first came and Shelly took care of it. And it meant a great deal to me what she did in in making it work, Shelley. If you'll tell John what what took place. Oh, I think I know what he's referring to. And as Dennis said, we have not had very many Vietnam veterans. We've had a few. Mm -hmm. This was the first. The rest Mm -hmm. of the group was much younger by more than Mm -hmm. 30 years of age. There was a big difference in the age. So once everybody arrived, on Friday to get ready for meeting up and the dinner, I noticed that the gentleman that was the Vietnam veteran hero was not talking with any of the other guys. They were just total disconnect. And I started thinking about it and I thought, oh my gosh, he had no cell phone service when he was in the military. There was like no computer portable internet the weapons were different. Everything was different about his world. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I needed to find a way of something to bring everybody together to make it a successful event. So I talked to the associate about it. Um, I can't remember who I, oh, I think it was John King. No, it might've been, I can't remember who it was. And okay. I took him aside and we talked back and forth. And what we did is we brought the other gentlemen together 
and we talked about how things were different in the Vietnam War versus Operation Iraqi Freedom, Enduring Freedom, and all those other events um, mm-hmm. that were warfare. And their eyes just were like deer in the headlights. They said, we had no idea. So after that discussion, wow. everybody sat down and had dinner, and then they, everybody connected, and they all left hugging each other. I mean, wow. it was a goosebump yeah. yep. moment. Yep. Um, to to see that happen, but that that was very memorable. It was. It, it really was. Bringing generations of warfighters together, you know, spanning the gap of you know I don't know what three four generations. I don't know how you count them, but uh, you know I I uh, I have a I guess I have a, I'm I here. What's interesting about that? I'll tell you. That does certainly resonates with me um, because I have the luxury of having served uh, when I when I joined in eighty you know eighty in the early eighties. Um, it was you know, well, it was about I guess, I guess I first raised my right hand in eighty three, so Saigon falls in seventy five, so it's like eight years, okay, between the time that Saigon fell and the Vietnam War is over in earnest, and I joined the military. But I can tell you, as you probably remember, you know, I mean, I had read a ton of books on Vietnam. There was a bunch of movies about Vietnam, you know, the deer hunter, you know, comes to mind, you know, that really gave, um, you know, even though, you know, it's Hollywood, you know, doing its thing. Uh, but but still, you know, to and, and I remember Vietnam being on the TV as I grew up. There was three channels back then, you know, NBC, ABC, and CBS. That's it. And the TVs had, an, you know, little antennas that you had to move around, sports fans, in order to, you know, in order to get a, you know, right, in order to get a signal. And I remember as a child, so I was born in 64, so... You know, by the time I'm old enough to watch TV and, 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 and see what's, you know, happening, you know, at the age of reason, say seven, you know, 1971, Vietnam's on like Donkey Kong. And it's in the living room, not some of the time, but all the time. Yeah, Vietnam's on TV every night. Okay. And, on, on, you know, and it's, so it's very much in, and I'm in Chicago, you know, and, and the neighborhood believe it or not, that I lived in is pretty much uh, void at the time of all young men between the ages of 19 and, say, 30. They're gone. They're drafted. They're in Vietnam. And so my mom's having, I can't believe I'm telling the story. I'm off track here, but, you know, hey. So I, 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 back then in, in our neighborhood, in, you know, in the suburbs of Chicago, um, you know, the ladies are having bridge parties. They're eating, you know, coffee cake and, and, and drinking coffee. And, and they're talking about, many of them are talking about, you know, their, their, their sons, their nephews, their neighbors that are off at this war. And then every night you're watching it on TV. And so, um, you know, that's sort of the, the you know, it's, it's prevalent in my mind. And then I joined the military and, um, you know, years later and, and all of my bosses at the battalion, you know, brigade and division levels, three levels above me, all of those bosses, the, the, my, my officers and senior enlisted are all Vietnam veterans, you know? So I le- I'm being led, I'm, le- I'm learning from them, 
for my whole career, it's that way. And um, and then of course my generation gets involved in you know in this you know towards the end of my career in in nine one one and all OEF OEF you know operation you know uh, new dawn et cetera all the stuff that you mentioned that's going on today um, in the global war on terror that is the war of that couple of generations you know but there's a gap that's the point there's a gap you know a massive gap a massive gap in technology. A massive gap in culture, you know, and a lot's changed in that 30 or 40 years between Vietnam and, 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 you know, going into Iraq, Afghanistan. And so to be able to bring that together, you know, to knit that the, 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 and to find a touch point and, and some connective tissue, if you will, that you did that day is just brilliant. You know, I mean, you've got to find common ground, right? That's what you're there to do. You know, and, and, and you did that and, and just by, you know, I'm, I'm sure because it was, you know, it was just what occurred to you to do, um, you know, to bring somebody who's, you know, not in the middle of, who, who hasn't formed, you know, and, and, and you haven't found normality in the group yet. Um, you know, that's why you're, that's why you're a healer, you know, and it's just wonderful. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I salute you. I, I honor you. I, I thank you for all that you've done. And on behalf of the heroes that are out there um, that you've served and will will serve in the future, you know, would like to give you a, a big salute, you know, and, and uh, you know, and a digital hug. Here. <laughs> we appreciate that, John. Absolutely. Um so I'm gonna I'm just gonna turn it over to you guys and um and, and I give you the opportunity to uh you know to, to have the last you know say the the last whack at the pinata here. Is there anything you wanna you wanna share with us that uh you, you know that, that we haven't touched on? Well we thought we were talking about uh you know stories to share that had a little humor and we have <laughs> one that I still tear up. I mean, it's one of these, I hope you don't wet your underpants on, okay? So one of the heroes, um, this was the last event, right? The last event from last year, his flight yeah. was delayed multiple times. So the decision was made that Dennis would bring back to Double Creek the heroes that have already arrived. Um, and I connected with one of the nurses from the emergency room um, his name is Reggie, who's born and bred Tennessee. So his accent is very thick. He is everything Tennessee is. I love this man to death. He would do anything for us. The challenge was the hero flying in was actually from another country who worked on an agreement between his country and the United States where he was serving in counterintelligence. So mm. he served with the United States Army and maintain dual citizenships. His accent was extremely thick from his Middle Eastern country. So now I have redneck Reggie heading to the Nashville <laughs> airport. You can't uh, make this it. up. No, you can't. You can't make to, it up. To pick up this hero. And we had to tell the hero over his cell phone, okay, don't be scared now. This guy's right. name is Reggie. You won't understand him. So, okay, <laughs> Reggie gets there. They find each other. Finally, they're in the truck together. There is a massive traffic jam downtown Nashville. Reggie cannot get off the exit. So we have him on speakerphone with the other, with the hero in the background 
trying to get to Reggie to understand he needs to get something to eat because it's been so long. He flew from the West Coast. So anyway, mm. with all the delays, he just needed something to eat. So Reggie's trying to circle the wagons to find a grocery store or a gas station to get something to eat. They can barely understand each other. They finally arrived close to, what, three hours? Three hours later, they finally get there. And and the two of them were fine together. They had figured out a way to communicate, but they could not understand regular words between one another. It was the funniest thing. Everybody was just laughing so hard. It was absolutely hysterical. It was so wow. funny. Well, that's that, I love that story, you know. And and still, yet yet the despite the fact that we've got some you know some so, some you know language barrier here and dialect barrier you name it you know they they still find a way these two you know purple heart recipients find a way to connect and 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 complete the mission and isn't that great you know i mean that our service branch this you know here here's another thing here that's uh, you know important to you know highlight based on that wonderful story is that really our service members across the country and throughout our nation's history, here's the newsflash, um, are really come from and hail from, you know, extremely different backgrounds. You know, the, the diversity among our service members mirrors that of our society. It is a microcosm of our society. Absolutely. And we, that's right, and, and we are all immigrants, okay, with the exception of the Native Americans, okay? Uh, so, uh, you know, we, we, we all come, you know, if you go back far enough from different places to come to this great place called America. And, um, you know, our service branches, all of them, are really a microcosm of our society writ large, which is a big melting pot. And, um, you know, one of the things, you know, I don't want to say being, you know, getting, a, get, getting wounded in combat is a random thing. In some cases, it might be. Uh, you know, in all cases, there by the grace of God go I and go they. Um, but, um, you, you know, it, it, so it's, it's an interesting sample set. Now, not, you know, the Purple Heart community, which is, you know, they say what, what, 7%, roughly 7% of all. Americans ever join the service, you know, and raise the right hand and actually wear a uniform. It's a small, small percentage. And even a smaller percentage than that get wounded. So it's like less than 1%. So if you look at this Purple Heart, you know, community that we're serving, um, you know, it's really a, a, a subset of a subset of a subset, right? right? It's a really interesting group. And some of it, you know, hey, it was just wrong place, wrong time. They all just say, you know, hey, I just wasn't fast enough that day, you know, uh, or whatever the case might be, you know, how whatever the circumstances were that you know got them wounded. Um, and but most of them are 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 your what I would refer to as your common, um, you know, soldier, marine, airman, uh, you know, navy man, um, you know. So so they're just. They're just all so wonderful. You know, I mean, I absolutely just love the fact that when you get them on an event um, and you start seeing where they come from and, you know, and, 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 you know, what's gone on in their lives and, you know, where they hail from, um, you know, in their, in their experience in the military, you know, it's just, it really is a part of the fabric of America. And, and it's just great that people like you have, 
you know, really opened up your homes, engaged your communities, and all in the name of helping heal, you know, the invisible wounds of war. And and doing that through the power of the great outdoors, doing that through, um, you know, your extended community and your, you know, opening your home and all the things that, that go on to pull off one of these events. So uh, I hope you go to bed tonight and spend a little bit of time in reflection and, and, and you know, pat yourself on the back. I appreciate it. You know, John, a lot of people ask us, both Dennis and I, what's it like, you know, to do what you do? What's it like to be around Purple Heart recipients? Or what's it like to mm-hmm. like, have them stay in your house overnight? And mm-hmm. I, and we both tell them the same thing. All I can tell you is one word. It's humbling because it yeah. really brings you to your knees when you hear the stories and you see the the persistence and the resilience that these yes. heroes have. I mean, you know, from the amputees that have come, people who've lost certain function, uh, have mm-hmm. lost their family because of the stress of their, you know, trying to recover from wounds. All these things make you feel very humble to have them, you know, in your presence. Yeah. And we feel blessed by that after every single event. And and that's what we tell people, you know, get involved and Know what it's like to feel humbled by those mm. who did something greater than you and I will ever have done in our lives. I love that. So true. I'm I'm so humbled by it. You know, I am. I always and, and if I ever lose that, you know, if I ever lose that feeling, I'm done. Okay. I'm gonna get out right. and I'm gonna turn the reins over to somebody else, I promise you. Okay, right. but I feel that. I feel that every day. I got goosebumps right now. Okay. I'm yeah. about the most I do. I mean, I'm the most, you know, I feel like I'm, I, I, I just feel, I'm super patriotic, you know, and I love the fact, you know, that there are these great Americans out there who sacrifice so much and it is humbling, it's super humbling. You know, the, 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 to, to me, I, I still run, you know, Camp Hackett. It's the right. nation's, you know, it's our, the foundation's longest standing mission set, 17 years, you know, of hosting combat wounded and I, and I did a 20 year run, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, fine. Um, but I still feel humbled when they're under my roof still to this day. And, mm-hmm. and, and I swear to God, if I ever lose that feeling, I'm done, you know, and I hope that I never do because I, I feel like a servant, you know, mm-hmm. I, I want to be, I want to serve them. I'm making their breakfast, you know, I'm, I'm making their dinner, you know, I'm, I'm just, we're, my team is, is throwing themselves headlong into making sure that this is a memorable, positive experience from the time they get off the plane or rock up in their car to the time they go home. That's that's the mission. That's the focus. You know, provide a world-class outdoor sporting activity to honor, connect, and heal. And and the the I was saying earlier about the attractor. You know what? You know the chaos theory. In chaos theory, not to go down this rabbit hole, but I'm gonna bring it back full circle. There's always an attractor. You know, there's right. something. Right. And so the attractor in this case, in this model is the hunting or fishing event. And everything that centers around that bright, shiny object is real is really the good stuff. But to, to get them there, you know, you say, hey, man, we're going to go do this great thing, you know, in the outdoors and they have a ton of fun. And they're like, yeah, well, I, ne- I never, you know, I never, uh, you know, I never turkey hunted in Tennessee. I'd love to do that. You know, I'm, I, 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 you know, I, I live in California. You know, this idea of going to, you know, Hohenfeld or Hohenwald, Tennessee, and 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 hunting turkeys very appealing to me. You know, that's the attractor. 
you know, but it, it just getting them there and having that opportunity to do all these other things that happen in that space, you know, the connective tissue that we've, you know, that we've talked about the layers that we've talked about, that's the healing, you know, sure. and it doesn't happen. doesn't happen without people like you. It well, really doesn't. We're grateful and blessed to be able to do it. And, you yeah. know, um, we couldn't do it without the other one or the other and all the people that volunteer. Oh my gosh. Yes. Oh my goodness. I mean the best group and we're, you know, garnering new people um, to help out, to take some of the pressure mm-hmm. off some of the ones that have been doing mm-hmm. it for 10 years now yeah. um, mm-hmm. that have new family members and things like that. Yeah. But there's no way we could pull any of this off successfully without all the help of our community. And the home wall community is extremely supportive of the events. I mean, we get front mm-hmm. page newspapers. Yes, you do. I mean, I got so, all of them. Yeah, it, it really is. And, and I think in a way, WWIA can be looked at as the new measuring stick for what is being patriotic, because it can yeah. no longer be just saying thank you to somebody you see in a uniform. Yeah. We have a whole new moral compass in this country. Mm. So we ho- need a whole new measuring stick for what does it mean to really be patriotic so that people in small communities or big communities understand what it is they really need mm. to do that's more. And and I think WWIA is a great example of that and can be part of what that measuring stick looks like. Oh, that's just really well said. I, I, uh, I, I appreciate that. And I, I'll footnote that I, I, when I use it, cause I, I think it's uh, I, I think you're onto something and that's, that's really great. You know, it really is. And, and it's a testament to how many people have rolled up their sleeves and thrown in on this thing and said, you know, I want to make a difference. And, and so, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a very humbling thing on top of being, you know, still being a, you know, a host myself personally, you know, to see this thing, you know, grabbed, you know, to, to, to other people to get their clutches in it and define it, uh, and refine it in, 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 in ways that work for them and ultimately work for those that we serve, um, is also a very humbling experience. I have to be honest with you. I mean, it, 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 it genuinely is. And I, I thank my lucky stars every day that, uh, I'm, I'm part of something that's, you know, much greater than, 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 um, you know, the sum of its parts are, are greater than the whole, as they say. And, and it's so true. And the other thing that's so nice about a network, you know, we've spent so many time, so much energy in this country, you know, uh, going after understanding and, and, and essentially attacking, you know, uh, corrosive and, and dangerous networks, right? Bad guys. And, um, that's why we started creating these spider webs, you know, and to understand what is, you know, what does this network look like? And, um, you know, the, the, when I was studying spider webs and, and attacking spider webs, uh, in one, one point of my career, I, you know, really started to think about spider webs and I was like, wow, you know, spider webs are, you know, if you look at them, they're really interesting. The silk that they use, how strong it is, how resilient it is, you know, what it does, where it comes from, all these things. Right. And, um, but, but that, those are bad networks. Guess what? We got a spider web, but it's a good network, good one. you know, and, and when you have a good or great network, that's a great spider web, you know, it has all those qualities, but it also 
when it's all doing good things, you end up with a you know an amazing entity, and 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 any one of those touch points intersections of that web, you know, you find people like you, and and it's just it's just great, you know, and I, I commend you, and I I wish you the best of luck uh, on your upcoming events. I thank you for your time today. Thank you, um, you guys did a great interview. I, I, I can't wait to, to have this one posted out there. I know everybody's going to love it. Um, thanks for what you guys do, and, and um, you know, God bless you. Thank you, Thank John. you John. Take care. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye now. To learn more about the mission of the Wounded Warriors in Action Foundation and how you can get involved, please visit our website at www.iaf.org or follow our social media pages on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Thank you for listening to the WWIA podcast and for helping us honor, connect, and heal our combat-wounded Purple Heart heroes through the power of the great outdoors. If you like what you're listening to here and would like to join our team in our mission to bring healing power and recovery to America's Purple Heart heroes, please become part of our Sponsor a Hero team by clicking on the link in the podcast notes or by going to wwiaf.org forward slash sponsor. That's wwiaf.org forward slash sponsor. Our heroes need you now more than ever. Thank you.